All right, welcome to the first ever episode of the Insatiable Content Podcast. I am Vincent Rossmeyer, your fearless host for what I hope is just the start of a long journey through the wilds of all the content the world has to offer. As this is the inaugural episode, I'm gonna give you a brief overview of my approach with this podcast and how it'll work before we dive into the focus of this particular episode, which is the recently completed first season of HBO's White Lotus. Um, which needless to say, I have a lot, a lot of thoughts on. Okay, but first the basics. I'm doing this podcast because I tend to consume more shows, movies, music, books, and podcasts, always listen to it two times speed, mind you, than any person I know. And since I'm a former journalist and went to grad school at NYU for cultural reporting and criticism, I figure I finally need to justify all the student debt that I incurred uh, over the years. Um, And while I recognize that there are way too many podcasts out there already, especially those hosted by white guys with inflated opinions of themselves, um, I promise to hopefully do two things on this show that will help to differentiate it. First, I'm going to try to keep the episodes short. Um, And secondly, over the long term, I want to have people on who disagree with me because I really like arguing. And so hopefully it won't just be my voice you're hearing in the future. As to the point about brevity, there's going to be no multi-hour shows here. Uh, I'm going to try to keep every episode to 20 minutes or less. And instead of just giving a simple thumb up, thumbs up or thumbs down, what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to tell you five things about the show. There'll be some breakdown of things I like and things I didn't like. Um, And generally, if there are more things I like than not, you can take that as a recommendation to watch, listen, or read it. I'm going to start with the goal of one show a week with the hope that in the future we can up that to two. And I'm going to review anything that I'm particularly engaged in at the moment, regardless of when it was released or came out. And so that means that you're as likely to hear me extol Don DeLillo or go into a long thing about how Blood Meridian is one of the greatest books ever written, uh, or even cover the subtle genius and the subversion of capitalism that's on display in Magic Mike, along with some really phenomenal dancing, uh, as you already get something like this episode, White Lotus, which just ended. As this is the first episode, I just want to point out the sound quality is probably not going to be the greatest. Look, I'm not an expert on this. I'm going to try to improve it over time, but no guarantees that there won't be some flaws in this. Additionally, I love to curse, so you're probably going to hear some words that you don't want around your children. Um, My children, however, I just curse in front of them all the time, so it's really up to you. But I think that's enough explanation for now. Let's jump into the content of this episode, which is White Lotus. All right, for those of you living under a rock, White Lotus was HBO's newest must-watch Sunday night show that just ended its six-episode first season this past week. It's got renewed for a second season, which will have a whole new cast and a whole new location. Now look, Game of Thrones it's not, but it follows in the tradition of HBO shows focused on the trials, travails, and utter inanity of rich white people. It's from creator Mike White, who also did a show I liked a few years ago called Enlightened. And if you want an in-depth plot summary, you can go someplace else. But roughly, this show is about what happens when a bunch of rich white people go on vacations at a high-end resort in Hawaii. If you watched or read anything about the show, you'll know it has a lot of upstairs, downstairs vibes, almost like, you know, like a Downton Abbey or something like that, uh, with how it approaches the interactions between the rich white vacationers and the hotel staff designed to serve them. And like all good TV shows, there's a dead body. Pops up in the first scene, don't come back to it again to the final one. But you know, you gotta have that specter of death hanging over the show to really uh, allow people to be engaged in some compelling watching and some what happens next type uh, viewing. All right, so now let me jump into my five things about uh, that I either liked or didn't like about the show. 
For this show, it's three things I liked, two things I didn't. All right, first thing that I liked. Fuck rich people, especially rich white people. This may seem like an overstatement for a show about pina coladas and spa services, but to me, this show was all about the lasting uh, imprint of colonialism and its many manifestations in our current society and our current economy. And I loved it for that. Just like on Succession, White Lotus makes being rich and white seem truly pretty fucking awful. Like, yes, these characters, especially the Mossbachers, the family at the center of the show, seem to have nearly unlimited resources and they get to go vacation at this exclusive resort. And they also get private scuba lessons and rent out boats while they're there. But you know what? They're all fucking miserable. Not just to be around or to watch, but they seem really unhappy personally. Connie Britton, who really should be in fucking everything and still deserves some sort of uh, sentence for stealing my heart in Friday Night Lights and never giving it back, plays Nicole, who's the matriarch of the Mossbachers, and she's pretty much a stand-in for someone like Sheryl Sandberg. I've seen that comp in a lot of reviews about this show. She's rich, she's focused on her career, and she's highly defensive about any arguments that she's not doing something right. Um... Also, just on a quick side note, and I'm going to make tangents like this all the time, as anyone who knows me knows I tend to do. Every person a few years ago who told me to read uh, Lean In and that Sheryl Sandberg was so amazing, go fuck yourselves. She's not the crusading feminist that you held her up to be. And it's one thing that you were fooled by her Lean In bullshit when she has the money to have her kids raise her nannies. And so everything she writes in that book is only possible if you're a super rich white person, but all she's done since publishing that book and trying to be the nice shiny face of Facebook is engage in reprehensible behavior that helped lead Trump into office. And so at the end of the day, go fuck yourselves. Don't ever tell me again that she should be this pillar of moral rectitude and that we should all be like holding her up. If you want a really good read, I recommend Ugly Truth, a new book that just came out about Facebook, and it'll tell you how Sandberg really is. All right, side note over. Anyway, Connie Burton plays Nicole. That's the point of her characters and a lot of the characters in the show. They show us that rich white people like Sandberg can do anything to justify their behavior. They can find any excuse. And that's through overt actions, like with how the character Shane on the show reacts to being dicked around by the head of the hotel. But often it's more subtle, like when Olivia, Nicole's daughter, puts down her Nietzsche and embraces all the privilege her mom's position has provided her. And at the end of the day, uh, I, what I, one thing I really liked about this show was how it illustrates how not fun it is to be rich and how awful rich people are in general to be around. They're entitled children and the stra- staff treats them as such, but just like children, you can't always ignore their tantrums. All right, second thing I liked, and this is closely related to my first, but ultimately, I think one of the main themes of the show is this inescapability of humans prioritizing their own self-interest above all others. And you see that in society, and it's really reflected in this show. The clearest example of this is Tanya, who's played by Jennifer Coolidge. Now, a lot of people really love Jennifer Coolidge's uh, character in this show and her portrayal. I wasn't as in love with it, but the point of her character, I actually really like. And she enters into this vampiric relationship with Belinda, the head of the hotel spa, who's played by an amazing Natasha Rothwell. 
I say vampiric because Tanya is attempting to heal from this traumatic past of abuse and addictions. She's also dealing with the de death of her mother, who I think as many of us will relate to, she sort of had a love-hate relationship. Um, but while Tanya could be viewed as sympathetic in one context, she's constantly stringing Belinda along with the promise of funding Belinda's desire to start her own business. Ultimately, she doesn't go in and partner with Belinda. She gives her a wad of cash, but because it's inconvenient for her to actually become a partner in this business that she had promised to be, she runs off with some guy she's met at the hotel to Aspen and other places where rich white people congregate. She leaves Belinda completely out to dry. And she tells Belinda that she f she's doing this because she's let people exploit her in the past uh, f with her wealth. And it isn't good for her and she doesn't want to do it anymore. Which, congratulations! For your self-realization, Tanya, but in the process, you've utterly fucked Belinda because it wasn't convenient for you. To me, there's so much resonance in this show about the self-help bullshit that we see uh, perforating everywhere in society right now, where what matters for enlightened white people is to make themselves feel, make us all feel better about our privilege rather than actually doing anything about it. It's okay to be rich. It's okay to have these conflicts as long as you're aware that you have them. But guess what, white liberals? That feeling of hypocrisy isn't going to go away if you still do hypocritical shit every day. And it doesn't magically disappear after reading one of these books. It's because you've just found a, a way to assuage your guilt rather than actually contend and conf confront it. This show is about that hypocrisy. And you can't tell me if you're a white person watching this show that these characters don't resonate with you and with people you know, maybe even yourselves. As one example from like my own work, I used to work in the city council in New Orleans, where I live, and represented an ostensibly liberal district. But when there was a housing issue that came up in which a relatively affluent neighborhood was going to actually have to have people who weren't white and weren't affluent come into the neighborhood, all these ostensibly liberal people were outraged and did not want that in their backyard, as the nimbiest expression will go. And so you just see this all through society all the time, that so often so-called so socially progressive people have their progressivism stop when it actually impacts their own lives. And so my issue isn't even that that hypocrisy exists. Like, that is just sort of what capitalist, capitalism and our current society makes us do. But all I'm asking you is to just own it. Don't try to rationalize it away like so many of the characters on this show do. Just own that you don't live up to your standards. That's the second thing that I loved about this show. Finally, the third and final thing I liked about this show, I hated all the characters. And while that may seem like a weird thing to like about a show, I think it really resonates here because of the themes that it was pulling out. Pretty much everyone but Belinda on this show is deeply flawed and I'd argue close to irredeemable. And that's because the casting is so phenomenal. I'm not gonna dwell too long here, but Rothwell to me was the star of the show. And without a doubt, she has the, the ultimate moment of the show for me when she tells a character asking her for, for advice at the very end of the final episode that she's all out. She can't just be this font of advice and trying to help all the people on this show all the time who come and just take and take and take from her and never give anything back. 
When she says that line, I literally gasped. It was so spot on. But truly, everyone on the show is fantastic. I'd say Mari Bartlett as as Armin, the drug-addicted manager of the hotel, and Sydney Sweeney, who plays Olivia, were also really good. Olivia wants to be at once someone who is upending the whole societal order while also enjoying all the pleasures of having a millionaire mom, and she plays that tension perfectly. Fuck, even Steve Zahn doesn't annoy me as much as he normally does. And Molly Shannon coming in off the top rope for a guest appearance as the mom who comes to fix her son's honeymoon was spot on. I mean, can you imagine your mother-in-law showing up at your resort when you're on your honeymoon? Honeymoon. Finally, like, let me just give a special shout out here to Brittany O'Grady who plays Paula. And Paula was one of the few characters on the show caught between the upstairs, downstairs world of this show. And she, you know, she comes from a more humble background, but she's on this vacation because she's friends with Olivia, who is super rich. Um, and ultimately, she decides to go with the rich side when push comes to shove. Um, she has caused the arrest of a native Hawaiian hotel employee who she's encouraged to uh, steal from the Mossbachers. And she has the opportunity to own up to that, and she doesn't. And when Olivia confronts her about this, Paula delivers what another line that I think really sums up the series well, and she, Lydia's trying to convince Paula that she's not like her parents and all these other white people, and Paula's character responds by saying, I guess it's not stealing when you think everything is already yours, which if that doesn't uh, completely sum up colonialism and all its many manifestations and aftermath, I don't know what does. All right, the two things I didn't like. The first thing's a little nitpicky, I'll grant you that. But the show is done in a fairly realistic style, but it strains credulity at one point, at some points, within that tenor and tone. Like the Mossbachers are these, supposed to be this insanely rich family, but they're making their daughter and her friend sleep on a pull-out couch in their hotel room, and their son has to sleep in the hotel room kitchen. Come on, I mean, I, we we all know super rich people or have seen their photos on Instagram or something like that. That's not how they travel. They'd have a separate room for the kids, and additionally, as much as I liked, in part, they'd probably have that separate room because they don't want to fucking be around their children. Also, wouldn't they probably have a nanny or someone else, some assistance with them on the, on the vacation? Additionally, as much as I like the interaction between Armand and Shane, um, and, you know, we've all known Shanes in our lives. Like, people can complain about everything and, uh, you know, find fault in even the best situation, like a tropical vacation. I will own I may have done this once or twice in the past. But as Jesus and Mira would say, God is working on all of us. And hopefully I won't ever do that again. I Back to my point, Armin's actions, like at least some of them, like sending Shane and his wife out on a dinner cruise with Tanya when she's about to fling her dead mother's ashes out into the ocean, just were just too much. Like, I don't expect the show to maintain a perfect level of realism, but if that's what you're going for, you can't go so over the top that it verges into farce. And so to me, the show did that at some points. And just on one other side note, HBO, I know no HBO executives are ever going to listen to this, but could you just do one show with out portraying young people or teenagers as drug-addled people. Like, there are some teenagers who don't engage in that type of behavior all the time, and I would love to see that on my TV. I promise we will relate to them as much as we do the other characters. Finally, the final thing I didn't like, and this is what I've seen the show criticized for the most, and I think it's a really fair uh, criticism, is that the show ultimately, the viewpoint is through and of the white characters rather than the staff at the hotel. 
And so that makes the staff at the hotel, true, aside from really Armin, truly secondary characters, and we don't get their backstory. And so while this theme is showing, this, one of the themes of the show, as I've said, is like pointing out how awful these rich people are and how much they take advantage of the people who are waiting on them, it would have been much more substantive to actually dive into the backgrounds of some of the people who actually are working there. For instance, a, a great example of this is like, a woman who has just started at the hotel goes into labor on her first day and, it, and keeps it a secret because she's afraid of losing her job. That happens on the first episode. And if that's a damn good metaphor, metaphorical storyline there. But then she disappears and never reappears in the rest of the series. And the same with the character of Kai, who's the one that Paula convinced to break into the Mossbacher's room and steal Nicole's expensive bracelets. He's arrested, but after he commits the crime, he never reappears on screen. And so now while I think there's something there that is another theme about how these characters vanish from the screen could be also be a metaphor for how like they sort of vanish from the white people's life once they're no longer of a concern they're no longer there to actually serve them i just think it would have been more powerful if we had actually been able to view some of these characters as real people and not just as people serving uh tiki drinks to all the people at the hotel um, and especially as a show that's focused so much on how white people and rich white people in power uh, exploit people of color and people who are not of their level on the socioeconomic ladder, I would have liked to seen the show grapple with that tension a bit more. All right, so that is my review of White Lotus. I really appreciate you joining me for the first episode of Insatiable content and i hope that you will come back for the second one the second one i'm going to be doing a review of another tv show amc's newest trip into an exploration of why you really never would want to be on a 19th century ship uh and going towards the arctic uh it's called the north water it's awesome highly recommend it and i'll tell you why on the next episode but there's going to be a lot of colin farrell love so just come prepared for that